The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, I'm Kinsey from the I Love You So Much podcast. On my show, we talk about everything, lifestyle, business, finance, beauty, you name it. My favorite part about the show is the amazing guests that we bring on. We have everyone ranging from like business experts to influencers, CEOs, creative masterminds. It's so much fun. If you guys want to find me on Instagram and it's just at Kinsey Elizabeth, I release new episodes every Thursday. So hope to see you there. Hi everyone, I'm Haley Hubbard, mom to three kids and wife to a touring artist. And I'm Jessica Diamond, a registered dietitian nutritionist with a master's in public health. And this is Meaningful Living. Every week we're breaking down the overwhelming amount of parenting, nutrition, and lifestyle information into credible knowledge and simple tools. The Cliff Notes Guide to Feeling Confident in Your Everyday Choices. It takes a village. We're so excited to share ours with you. All right. So you ready, Jess? I don't know if I'm ready. I think I'm ready. I am. I'm excited to share all of this. It's been a long time coming. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know we've alluded to your past year and a half and your battle with illness, but we've never really dove into it together publicly on the podcast and shared your story. So I'm really excited for you. And I'm excited to ask you a lot of these questions because you inspire me every single day. You helped me get through parenting and through life actually, and in the kitchen and cooking. And you're just, you're doing this all while you're going through literally a hell of a year. I know everyone had a crazy year last year, but you're still going through it. And you are one of the strongest people I know without a doubt. And I know that the genesis of Meaningful Living can't be fully understood until we talk about your battle with cancer and during a pandemic nonetheless. So I'm not really sure exactly where to start except for maybe just the beginning. And I just hope this episode shines light on the person that you are and how you inspire me and every single person around you and how and why we started Meaningful Living We've all had some degree of suffering over the past couple of years, clearly some more than others, but Jess, you're a superhero for every single thing you've endured with such grace and togetherness and actual positivity. But can you just walk me through from the beginning? Because I clearly remember the shocking day that Josh called Tyler and I to tell us that you were diagnosed with cancer. We were in the Bahamas with FGL. They were recording their album. And I just saw you in LA literally the week prior. Literally, you were your smiley self. And so what what happened? How did that happen so fast? Can you just walk us through what went through your mind when you heard the diagnosis of lymphoma and how your life changed? Okay. First of all, my heart's pitter-pattering. I like, I'm so nervous. It's so funny. I'm never nervous with you, but and we'll see how long till the waterworks come. But it's a really it's a really crazy story, actually, how it happened. I mean, you were probably one of the last people I saw in person before I was diagnosed. And during that time, when I saw you, I had shoulder pain, right shoulder pain. And I told Josh one morning or one night before going to bed, I was like, Josh, my shoulder kind of hurts. This was a couple of weeks before I saw you. And he was about to go to bed and he's like, Jess, do you have a mass? And I was like, what are you talking about, Josh? And the thing about Josh is he is the best doctor. But when it comes to me, 
it automatically goes to worst case scenario. You know, like doctors can be amazing for everyone, but when you're too close in family, there's a reason they can't be your personal doctor. So he, I was like, okay, I'll go get labs and stuff tomorrow. I went and got labs. Every doctor, every everyone was like, you have a one-year-old. You've got a one and almost a one and a half-year-old. And it, you know, you put you're a small girl, you put your baby in the crib. You probably have this thing called a thoracic outlet obstruction, which is just like a back pain, you know, like you need a massage, you need some physical therapy. They took my labs, the labs that they got looked fine, and they were just like, go to physical therapy. So I came home and told Josh, and he said, I don't agree. I'll give you one week in physical therapy. Let's see how it goes. And So I did that week of physical therapy. And I remember like, it was just, it was pain when I was doing that physical therapy. It was really bad pain when I was doing it, but I was like, all right, I I have back pain. And then after that week, Josh was like, I got to take matters in my own hands. And so he's like, you're going to go get some labs. He was really calm, cool, and collected. And he sent me for all of these tests one day. I was supposed to meet a bunch of patients like before they were going to get scans and things. And Josh was like, you're going to have to cancel out your day today. And I was like, what are you talking about, Josh? Cancel out my day? I never do that. And then he just sent me, I think while he was gathering all the information, he just had all these appointments set up to try to just keep me busy. And I'll never forget after I got this ultrasound in my stomach, the last one I was at the hospital, it was actually, I think Martin Luther King weekend. And the last test was in the afternoon and I hadn't eaten all day because I had to fast. And so I was in the hospital where the test was. And Josh was like, I'm, I was like, I'm going to come home. I'm on my way home. He's like, actually, I'm just in the area. I'm going to drop by. And I walked out of the test and I was in the lobby of the hospital and he sat down and he's like, Jess, I've, I've got some bad news. I don't know what it is yet, but I think you have cancer. And I was like, oh, what? Like literally, I mean, I, I was under the impression because I had such little symptoms that I was just dealing with some sort of like, you know, just back pain. And so, so I was diagnosed January 16th, 2020. Wow. The craziest thing prepping for this, you know, I was like looking through our texts last night and the waterworks started. (laughs) The two texts we have back to back is there's a picture of your positive pregnancy test with Luca. (sighs) And then the very next picture is me in boxing gloves in the hospital. And I think it just puts into perspective, just this was a a complete, I had, it was complete blindsidedness. I had no idea something like this was coming and I'm really in touch with my body and, and, you know, very proactive with my health. So it just, it hit me from nowhere. To answer your question though, what was I, what did I think Mm -hmm. from the second he told me, I mean, I, obviously I was shocked. But from the second he told me, the only thing I can describe to you is I was like, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's spread all over my body. I don't know, but I know I'm going to get through this. I have to. I have a one and a half year old and I have a husband and a family. Like this Mm -hmm. isn't going to be how my story ends. I'm going to get through it. Wow. And do you feel like that is what really pushed you through and helped you just like it was, there was no question you were getting through this? There was from that moment, I guess the only thing I can say is just, I'm I'm the person that dreamed of being a mom, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I'm a little girl. I took care of my sister. I, um, I, I always wanted to be a mom since I was a really little kid. And so before I was diagnosed, I remember thinking like, life can't get better than this. Like, mm-hmm. I'm so happy. I've got, I've got my son. I've got Josh. I've got my life. I've got my family. So right when I was diagnosed, the only thing I can 
think of is that Bryce is, I had this little one and a half year old in my head that was like, this is who I'm fighting for every day. You know, like this, this, this isn't going to define me, but it's also not going to define his life. And like, I just, there was no option. Mm -hmm. My family, Josh and my sister, my parents got me boxing gloves the day after I was diagnosed and brought them to the hospital room. And when I was diagnosed, although I had no symptoms, and I think that's why it's so scary and why I'm sometimes hesitant to share the story because I think it can bring fear out in a lot of people. And the last thing I ever want to do is is cause fear. Right. But those boxing gloves, they said, basically, you're, you're fighting this. They, I want you to look at, you know, boxing. Like I used to just watch Mike Tyson every morning before going into any sort of scan. And when I was diagnosed, things were really bad. I mean, the tumor was in my chest and we can talk about that a little bit, but it was encroaching on my heart. So I had to have like emergent heart surgery and procedure and figure out, you know, I was like, um, do I freeze eggs? I want to have a family. I never thought I'd be in this state. And, and mm-hmm. So figuring out all those pieces, but I remember just putting those boxing gloves on. And from the second I put them on, that's all I did. I channeled just boxing. I didn't know that you watched Mike Tyson every morning. Every morning. So like anytime I would go into a scan, I would just, a a procedure, anything. And anytime Mm -hmm. that I I had to do things, that's what I would watch. I would take like 10 minutes and I would just watch it. And I'm like, all right, this is, I'm gearing up because it's the battle of your life. And so you have to just, you got to put that helmet on. And you, you guys caught it just in time, right? I mean, yeah. I recall something like if it would have gone on much longer, it would have been too late. Yeah. So that's that's the the strangest part about this whole thing. I mean, so the symptoms I had was my shoulder pain, and the and I remember when I went and met you for breakfast that morning when you were in town. When I was driving there, I was like, gosh, my makeup just doesn't look right. Like my eyes are really swollen. But you have to remember, like that's the time when you know, eyes being swollen is normal. I've got really big eyes. I I know that. And so when I cry or I'm emotional in any way, my eyes get really swollen. But I remember thinking like, wow, I haven't had any specific reason that my eyes are swollen and they're just really swollen. I must, I should go get one of those ice rollers. You know, like that's, that's where my head went. Looking back in hindsight, it was so swollen because the tumor was encroaching on my heart. And so it had clamped down on all my veins. So my body was swollen from that. But yeah, I mean, it was localized stage four lymphoma with a mass across my chest, kind of squeezing on my heart that there was so much fluid building up in and around that, that it was actually like an oncology emergency. That's why I was admitted to the hospital right away because they had to drain my heart in that situation. And so, I mean, if I were, if it were not for Josh, if it were not for him advocating and, and not just brushing off what was happening, no way would this have been caught when it was. So I'm, I, there's so many things I'm so blessed about this story. Right. Well, and what a good reminder that if you know you're, if you know something's wrong with your body, to advocate for yourself or your friend or your family member because only you know your body best. Completely. And, you know, I, it seems normal for a doctor to say, you know, yeah, you have a one-year-old. That just seems very normal. But but to really go further and, and take those extra steps further is so important and such a good reminder. Mm-hmm. 
Well, this is clearly the perfect episode to talk about one of the sponsors of the show, Everlywell. It can go without saying that we strongly believe in being proactive with our health and not brushing off symptoms or any concerns we have. I'm sure you all checked in with your body during this episode. How can you not? But we really want you to take a moment to answer the question, how are you feeling today? If the answer is anything less than great, it's time to learn more and demand better from your body. I know so many of us just accept that we don't feel great and it just shouldn't be that way. We need to understand our body and Everlywell is here to help you take back your health and well-being with at-home lab tests that are affordable and give you trusted results. They have so many different tests to choose from, from thyroid testing to sleep and stress and so many more. And they're all so simple to use from start to finish. So here's how it works. They ship you your test straight to your door, everything you need for a simple sample collection. You then return the test to a CLIA certified lab with a prepaid shipping label. And then your doctor reviewed results and insights are sent to your device in just days. Honestly, it could not be easier. And it's so nice to be able to take control of your health on your own time at your own convenience at home. I just did the sleep and stress test because God knows I my sleep and stress have been so affected over the past two years. And it's amazing. It's also simple from collecting the sample to sending it in and understanding your results. And it's so empowering to learn about any piece of your health in such a convenient way. I know I want to do all the tests now. And for the listeners of the show, Everlywell is offering a special discount of 20% off at-home lab tests at everlywell.com slash full. That's everlywell.com slash full for 20% off your first at-home lab test. Everlywell.com slash full. Try it out and let us know how you like it. Let's take a quick minute to talk about Printfresh. With the holidays around the corner, we've been eyeing PJs and sleepwear nonstop, matching sets for our family, ones to give as gifts, and of course, just a nice set for ourselves to just give us some R&R. So when Printfresh reached out to sponsor the show, we were beyond excited. Printfresh is your new place to shop for luxury sleepwear that is amazing. Today, we talk about just how magical and therapeutic a simple shower can be. And I can tell you, there's absolutely nothing better than getting out of that shower and putting on a new robe or PJ set that you love. It's just that little moment of self-care we all need and just a reminder to exhale. And Printfresh has the PJs and robe and sleepwear I've just been looking for. They're a women-owned and operated luxury sleepwear brand that always has inclusivity and sustainability in mind, and they have just the cutest stuff. I just got their robe and matching PJ set and I'm obsessed. Just seeing it hanging in my closet makes me smile. The fabric is incredible. I don't even know how to describe it. It's just soft and fuzzy flannel that's light yet cozy. I'm one of those people that just can't do really heavy robes or PJs and these are just perfect. I've ordered some for my family for the holidays. I'm sorry if I just ruined the surprise if you guys are listening, but they are incredible. There's nothing not to love. From the cutest colorful patterns to the softness of their organic cotton, their sleepwear is a dream come true. They're inclusive in their sizing with sizes ranging from extra small petite to 6X, and they just have the cutest sets for men and women. They've got the cutest brand new holiday patterns, and they've got these limited holiday bundles and free and fast shipping. And they also have gift cards for any last minute shopping you need. I know I always run into that problem every year, or if you just can't decide on what pattern to go with, it's a perfect gift. And they're offering an amazing deal for our listeners. Head to printfresh.com and use code LIVING for 15% off your first order. That's printfresh.com, code LIVING for 15% off your order. Go get your holiday shopping done now or purchase yourself a little something for self-care. You'll love it. I was breastfeeding at the time. So I was breastfeeding Bryce. That was probably one of those most gut-wrenching moments of being in the ICU breastfeeding and 
it was like, okay, now I have cancer. So I obviously cannot, for, I'm going through chemotherapy. I can't breastfeed. This has to stop. And I'll never forget a labor and delivery nurse coming into my room in the ICU with like ice and a breast pump. And there I am with like a tube coming out of my heart and a breast pump because I had to wean down and stop breastfeeding. Like, you know, overnight that abrupt stop. So I think there was so many things that when I was practically sitting there, there was like moments like that when it was like, okay, the reality is just, it smacks you in the face. Like I cannot believe I'm sitting in an ICU right now, gradually just ending breastfeeding, you know, like that's not how you imagine a journey like that to end. No. And not, I mean, that's an emotional journey too. So not only do you have the emotional journey of what you're going through, the diagnosis, but then your heart being drained. Then on top of that, stopping breastfeeding, which even when I was most mentally prepared to do that, it was still so hard. Yeah. And and I mean, and there's a lot of, there. it was so emotional. Like there, there's so much emotion in it too, because I think breastfeeding is not an easy journey. And like it was this journey, it, it became this really special moment for Bryce and I, and this is what I do, right? Like I help people, I talk about nutrition, I do all that stuff. And it's a really bizarre moment when I was sitting there being like, okay, not only do I have to stop abruptly for Bryce and just all of just that stuff, handling that piece, like this might be my last time ever breastfeeding. You don't really have those moments to mourn in the moment, but it was like, wait a minute, whoa, this could be the last of of it all. Like the last first with a kid. Oh gosh. Well, speaking of Bryce, how how did you handle talking to Bryce about that? And how did he handle it? Look, it seems like he was at the perfect age. He was, I mean, the blessings in all of this, you're my blessing, he's my blessing. He was at the perfect age. So he was just about one and a half. And so the first thing we did is we got on the phone call from like a mommy and me group that we had with a marriage and family therapist. And it was just like, okay, what do we say? What do we not say? And we built him a book that was by Twigtails. And the book says, mommy has a problem in her body is, was the name of it. And you get to customize it. So you put your own pictures in there. So you tell him what's happening. Mommy has a problem in her body. The doctors are going to fix it. Sometimes she's going to be away. When she's away, here's the people are going to be with you. So you've got daddy and you know my sister and Nana and Papa. And those are the people that are going to be taking care of you. And then mommy will come back. And so when we told him, the biggest thing is, is that sometimes we word vomit because we're so nervous about it. But with him, kids are so resilient and they'll ask you questions when they're more curious. So we were honest. I never said the word cancer. That was something that the MFT told me early on and we've stuck to that because what she said is, if you use the word cancer, it's such a broad umbrella and you don't want it to be where he's at school and -and so-and-so lost their parent to cancer. And so then he starts to say like, oh, well, is that going to happen to my mommy too? So we always labeled it as lymphoma and we just kept it short and simple. Mommy's got a problem in her body. And here are the things that you can expect to stay the same. When things are different, here is your constant. And the village came in and took over and, and he is so resilient. I mean, it's unbelievable. He is. And your village is your mom, your dad, your sister, and obviously Josh. And I feel like you guys have been through it all <laughs> together this last year. And can you share... First of all, how long you have been indoors, virtually quarantined, besides chemotherapy and hospitalizations, but how that had to go down 
with you being away from Bryce in that schedule last year? Gosh, it's like, it's sometimes I'm, I'm so excited we're doing this episode because sometimes like I don't think of it in totality because you're still in it. So when I was diagnosed, it was January, 2020. And during that time, it was bizarre because it was before COVID hit. And so you had these two months where my life was really different. My life was in a hospital, people could come visit and flowers could be sent and food could be sent. And you know, they had people in the hospital coming around for cancer patients where they could do your nails or like give you a blow dry or whatever that was before I obviously lost all my hair. And then COVID hit. And the craziest thing is that Josh was watching kind of the news and he kind of could foresee what was coming. And when you go through cancer therapy, specifically lymphoma, the one thing that goes is your immune system completely. So it's not just that COVID could take me down, the common cold could take me down. Like the flu, and I got the flu in 2020 and I was in the ICU for a week and a half. So that's the scary part of it. So it was kind of this all of a sudden what my reality going through chemotherapy was completely changed. And so at that point in time, we didn't have a lot of information about it. And so the schedule was every three weeks, I got chemo for a week. And so I couldn't see Bryce for that entire week. I had chemotherapy and I couldn't see him for the week after that when my counts, when it's called neutropenia, when my counts dropped. And so I could see him for the seven days before my chemo started. And so I would be this is, let me just paint the picture, which is we're in our house. Um, my sister had moved in to just take care of him. You know, I, we needed help. It wasn't even safe. We had a nanny at the time. It wasn't safe for my nanny to be there. So we had to let my nanny go. And so my sister moved in and I would be up in my room being able to hear the life going on outside. And I, and I didn't see him. Now he was resilient and I knew it was for the best, but it's a bizarre situation to just it, wow. be quarantined. And now looking back, that's been, we have been virtually quarantined now for over 600 days. I can't even say it out loud because it's frightening. My gosh. Um, And I think it's one of those things that's really hard for anyone fully to understand. I I would say Mm -hmm. the reason is, is because all the doctors are like, your counts aren't up, you're immunocompromised. You, You have this mass that's not no longer cancerous but it's still, you have scar tissue there that's that's basically impacted your lung capacity. And we don't have the wiggle room right now with ICUs being packed and everything being packed for you to even get the common colds. And so having been away from him for an entire year where it was two weeks, I didn't see him one week on, being hospitalized, knowing what it's like to be away, your calculus completely changes in your life. Like I'm just like, I... I can't take that risk right now. I I can't, I can't, I couldn't have gotten through this for me to then be hospitalized and something happened to me that I can control. Like cancer, you can't control the other things you can. And obviously there's going to be a calculus in time where we have to get back to normal life. And, and part of it is that we everyone thought it wouldn't last this long. So we've just kind of been on this roller coaster where it's like, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. Right. But being immunocompromised, it's a completely different boat. Oh. Every time we talk, which is almost every day, I still am just like, it's hard for me to comprehend the fact that you have been completely quarantined. And and that's like not even going on walks. And I mean, it's absolutely wild. I mean, it's... How do you stay sane in all of this? I How do I stay sane? So... 
I think this would be a natural part to say, how do I stay sane? My family, but you. I mean, the craziest part about this is that when I was going through my third cycle of chemo is when you called me. And I don't remember how this all came to be. I don't remember how the genesis of Meaningful Living fully started. Like, I don't remember if it was just like, Jess, I want to write a book with you or we need to do something bigger. But I would say that what has gotten me through is mind over matter. And what I've learned, everyone always said that. But before I was diagnosed, I didn't fully understand what mind over matter meant. And what I've learned for me is that mind over matter is leaning into your imagination, what can be, what the future can hold. And really looking at that straight and it's, you know, straight in the face and going for it. And so you that you gave me that gift. And so I was in, I think my third cycle of chemo, I had no hair, no eyebrows, no eyelashes. By the way, that's something that no one talks about with cancer. It's like, we all think like, okay, your hair is going to fall out with some right. sort of, with some chemotherapies, but a wig does no good when you have no eyebrows or eyelashes. So you just look like an alien and we can share some pictures. I did not look, I, I looked nothing like myself. And the weirdest part is though I looked that way on the outside, I never actually felt that way on the inside. On the inside, I always felt like Jess. I always felt like I've got this and this is just another bump in the road and I'm going to get through. And I would remember like walking by the mirrors, it still happens where I look, I'm like, whoa, who is that person? That doesn't look like me. That That's not me. But that person inside has always been there. And so you called me when my my life was uncertain, nothing was nothing was certain. And you said, I want to start meaningful living. Like I want to start something with you. And that actually is what has been keeping me going because for me, when I was diagnosed, I knew that wasn't how my chapter was going to end, but it almost gave me this fire to be like, okay, we get one shot at life. And my purpose in life is to teach. My purpose in life is to give back. And it was like right when I knew like, okay, everything in my life is kind of, I've got my child, I've got my husband. Now I need to give back in a bigger way. And then the phone rang and it was you. And it was just this bizarre timing, but you gave me this ability to imagine, to just walk into my imagination and figure out how can we change the world together? That gave me chills. I'm crying. (laughs) The most amazing part about all of that is in a time when you were probably, oh gosh, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine what you're going through. But you wanted to help people in that time. And our purpose in Meaningful Living has always been to help parents. And, and so I love that that is what gave you inspiration is to help people in a time when you... You probably needed help. I think the only the only thing I can say is that I was born I was born a a passionate teacher. Like I was that that has always been me. Right? Someone's in the hospital. I want to be there by their side and tell them what's going to happen and set up those expectations. I was all forever. I've been in my career. It's been teaching parents how to feel that confidence. And I was doing it on such a micro level, right? Impacting people's life on a one-to-one session or in a small arena, like a small classroom. And I loved it. I love that. In college, I always knew that. I knew things were so complicated and it doesn't have to be that complicated. We can make it so much simpler. 
And I think with parenthood, it's the one time in our life when we're like, everything we knew, we no longer know. We're stepping into a new reality. There are so many unknowns. And being able to educate and help and support was my true calling forever. And the second I met you, it was all, you've always been that way. You are, you are someone that wants to give back always and help. And so when we decided to do this, it was like, this is God speaking to me in a way like you are my guardian angel, which is I wanted to do it on a bigger level. I never knew how, but I knew I wouldn't be satisfied in life unless I knew I could give back. And giving back has been the way that I get through. Every DM we get on Instagram, like to me, that's not a job. To me, those are new mom friends and new people I can inspire and like talk to and help. And everything we did, everything we do with Meaningful Living is all about that. I mean, that's that's how it was born. And what I think is so amazing, and I still don't quite understand this, or the way I looked when you wanted to start a business with me, no one in their right mind would ever say like, I am going to start a business with someone that's got stage four cancer, right? Like my ending could have been so different. And part of me feels like, I mean, I want to ask you that. I don't know what it was. I don't know. But every time I spoke to you, it was as if you never saw the circumstances that were happening to it. You believed in me as much as I believed in myself, which was, I was going to get through this. I had no doubt. I was so confident. And like you said, you never saw yourself like like that. I swear, I just saw you as Jess the whole time. And so I don't know. I I guess I just followed intuition and this is what we need to do. It was like, I don't know. You know, when you just follow what your gut tells you to do. And and I really feel like you said when we first met and and we connected so well. And I do think one of those main things that we connected on is the fact that we wanted to help people and and spread knowledge. And I wanted to learn because <laughs> you are teaching me so much. And so, yeah, I just always, I had no doubt. I mean, there's nothing that, I mean, that warms my heart on a different level. But I think, I think the thing that's so interesting of the behind the scenes, like unveiling the curtain of this is that... <sighs> you're one of the best people I know in this world. I mean, you've become a sister, a best friend, a, you know, my business partner, but believing in me in a time when you're having hardship, I think that's so many people could look at it completely differently. And I think one of the biggest blessings was that you still saw me for who I was and the potential that I had. And that for me, this life mission was so much bigger than what my circumstances were. And like the day-to-day, it's bizarre, right? We started a company when I had no hair, eyebrows, or eyelashes during chemotherapy as chemo's pumping. We're recording our first course that we had or our podcast cover, right? Like I I didn't have the luxury of being able to get new pictures. And that's something that's bizarre, which is all of a sudden, all my pictures, now my, I look so different. I don't look like myself. And so I literally just took my old face and Photoshopped it on a, on a new body with Bryce. And that was our podcast cover. So there's been so many parts of this where we've just really rolled with the circumstances we've had and just said, if we wait for life to figure out, like right now is the time to do it. Like we just got to do it. And, and it allows me to dream. It allows me to, to tap into to who I am and what I want to do and how to change this world. You literally inspire me the most. You're seriously (laughs) amazing. How did you handle all the physical changes though? I mean, because 
Bryce, did Bryce notice? And then obviously there were probably hormonal changes. And how did you handle all that? Oh, it's actually real there. I want, I want to do like a article on our site for this, for anyone that's struggling through it, because there aren't a lot of good resources, right? Mm-hmm. Part of my hesitation of ever sharing this story is that it's really, really strange to be a dietitian, right? Where I am, I live the healthiest lifestyle. I do all of the things to prevent cancer. I help people help them live healthier lives to prevent things like that. And then to get it, it's a really just, it's a mind fuck, honestly. Like that's the only way to say it. It's just really confusing. And the physical changes, I'm still dealing with it, right? So I'm still really swollen. My hair is starting to grow back. But when you shave your head and it grows back, it's not like it just grows back normally. I can't get haircuts like you would normally do. So in the beginning, the hardest part is when your hair starts to fall out. So it's it's almost like you go bald in these really specific areas. And so I remember for Josh, I knew that was going to be hard for him. And someone offered to buy me a wig, which was like one of the most generous things. And I remember right before I was admitted to the hospital for a chemo round, I went to go get a wig. And in the beginning, I was like, all right, I'll wear a wig. I'll do all these things. But actually, the day I shaved my head, I did it in the hospital and nurse did it for me because I it was just falling out. I was trying to hold on to my dead hair so badly. I like had it in a hat and I was just trying to hold on to it for dear life. And it was like a rat's nest. I don't even know how oh. to describe it. And I was finally like, you know what? I got to rip off the bandit. I got to shave my head. And that was the most liberating day of my life because it was just, this is my new reality. And when I looked in the mirror, I knew I wasn't who I looked at, but it actually it frightened me because I was like, whoa, this puts in perspective who I am. But my inside never changed. Who I was never changed. And shaving my head was was life-changing. It gave me just like, okay, this is, I'm owning it. This is who I am right now. This is not permanent. And and I and I'll roll with it. I mean, I look back at some of the videos we did at that time or stuff and it makes me cringe because it's like seeing a wig is so bizarre on you. But at the same time, it was just like that, that's who I am and I have to own that. I didn't answer your question about Bryce though. Oh, Bryce, yes. Bryce, I never showed him my bald head. I always wore a hat in front of him, just like a cute little kind of hat that I would wear. Um, I tried to hide any of the major physical manifestations that would scare him more so, but Mm -hmm. he's so young that he only knew his mommy as this, right? Like he doesn't know that when we see a bald person, you know, like a a bald young woman that's going through cancer treatment, that she has cancer. He didn't know that. So to him, I was still always his mommy. He looked at me the exact same way as he did always. Aren't kids the best? They're the best, the absolute best. And I mean, he would give me strength. He would make me pictures when I came home and, and like there are saying the whole time was go mama, go mama. And so I have all these videos of him. I, I would be going into chemo and I would just look at them. Um, but yes, I draw so much strength from him every day and his resilience. Like, yeah, I think that we think our kids, we're going to be our kids' greatest teachers, but they teach us, I think, more than we ever teach them. Mm-hmm. Every day, every, every day. day. Now let's take a quick break to talk about Joybird. We're excited to have Joybird as a sponsor of the show because we both so strongly believe in the power of making our homes into a place that just brings as much joy as possible. For us, having an organized and designed home just keeps us feeling our best selves, especially recently. I don't know about you, but 
when our home feels good, we feel organized and good and so much more inspired in life as a parent, a wife, and just a human. So Joybird is incredible. They've got customizable modern furniture for literally every space. It's available in amazing and durable, keyword there, durable fabric options. The look and quality is amazing. So get ready for Joybird's Black Friday and Cyber Monday sales. They've got such incredible stuff. I've been eyeing their Florence sideboard. It's an awesome sideboard storage cabinet where I can hide all the toys and just all of the crap I just don't want in plain sight. And I will be pulling the trigger now that I have a coupon code. You guys know us. And one thing we need is easy. And Joybird makes furniture shopping just so fun and easy. They have over 18,000 customization options, but you can browse the curated collection because I am so the person that needs to see it to visualize it. And they have this virtual showroom where you can do virtual appointments. So you can just work with a specialist at home, which has been such a game changer for me because I want to invest in versatile pieces that will last and look great. And I've definitely needed their help. There's so much to love about Joybird. They're committed to creating quality furniture and a more sustainable future. Each piece is made with incredible care using responsibly sourced materials free of harmful chemicals, which I love. Through partnerships with groups like One Tree Planted, Joybird is helping conserve and restore Earth's most precious natural resources. Quality craftsmanship, stain and scratch resistant fabrics, and limited lifetime warranty. Joybird furniture can handle anything your family throws at it, literally. They have 90-day returns because Joybird stands by its quality and craftsmanship. And if it's not everything you hope for, send it back. Create a space that brings you joy with Joybird. Visit joybird.com slash living to get 35% off your purchase. That's 35% off joybird.com slash living. One thing that I've learned over the past year is just the power of memories. I mean, we all know how powerful memories can be. We just take a gazillion photos on our phone every day and we scroll through them when our kids go down. But I found that I get so overwhelmed by the volume of photos on my phone that are just left unorganized. So when I really step back, I want these memories to be laid out for Bryce and my family in just an organized way. And Artifact Uprising has helped us do just that. And we love having them as a sponsor so that we can get you all a discount code on their amazing products that we love so much. Artifact Uprising makes premium photo books, frame photos, and gifts that help you tell the stories you care about most. All of their products are designed beautifully with thoughtfully sourced materials, all made in the US and can be customized in the cutest of ways. We've been using Artifact Uprising for years now to capture all our memories in a meaningful way. And I finally just finished another photo book for Bryce, which is amazing. Just being able to watch how much he's grown over this short period of time and flourished when it's just been challenging to say the least is so powerful. It's a gift for both of us and his face when he looks through it is just priceless. And just like all of their products, it's display worthy. Their design is just unparalleled. If I could show you a picture of their photo book or literally any of their products right now, you'd purchase because they're incredible and they make the greatest gifts for the holidays. I gifted my parents a photo that's customized in the cutest way and it's framed and it's up in their house and it's been there since the day I got it for them. Don't hesitate on this one. Go to Artifact Uprising to check out all of their amazing products to store the most precious memories. For a limited time, our listeners get 15% off Artifact Uprising orders with the code MEANINGFUL15. So go to artifactuprising.com slash meaningful to purchase and don't forget the two L's. That's artifactuprising.com slash meaningful to purchase and don't forget the two L's. You are such an amazing mom. And I know that that is 
and has been a dream of yours and something in life that brings you so much joy. And I know that after chemotherapy, fertility looks a little different. What happens now for you and how, how are you feeling? So before I started chemo, the problem was how advanced the tumor was that it was encroaching on my heart. Didn't give me time to be able to do like a, to freeze my eggs in that moment. Um, Truly, I think that was one of the hardest struggles that I had to go through because in your mind, you know what your family's going to look like or you dream that. And and for me, that was a dream. Um, And so when I couldn't freeze eggs, there was always like, okay, this this there may be never another kid in my future. And that is so unbelievably difficult to reconcile. So what is the plan? So they put me in menopause as a way to try to preserve any of my eggs. I still don't know what if IVF will even be viable. I'm not sure any of that stuff. It's going to look different than what I ever imagined it to be. And I think that's sometimes when I look at Bryce, I'm so blessed and I, and I can I oscillate between I'm so grateful and I'm so happy I have one kid that's growing and resilient and and he's just the best. But at the same time I yearn for a family. And so there'll be an IVF journey. If, if I have any viable eggs after chemotherapy, I won't know for a little while, but I can tell you the thing that I hold on to is, okay, what I can control is that I can be the best mom possible for Bryce. And then with Meaningful Living, it feels like I get to be a parent, be a, a guidance, be a teacher for so many other kids in this generation that it feels like I get to mom in a new way that if another kid is not in my future and my plans, I have more kids that I get to impact as opposed to just my own kid. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What a cool perspective. The one thing I can say that is gut-wrenching for me is that I think a saying that we say all the time in parenthood, when your kid's having separation anxiety is mommy always comes back. And I feel I knew this is not how my chapter was going to end. Like I still know that. But there's this moment when I say that, that I sometimes feel inauthentic with him because it's like, I know I need to say that that to him, but it's like, none of us right. have a contract. We don't know. And so there are those moments when I say those words and I'm like, oh, why? I have to say that, but sometimes it feels really sad. Like no one yeah. has a contract we don't know. And we're telling our kids this all the time, that that's a moment when I'm like, okay, the reality kinds of sets in. I'm very happy I have one healthy kid. I can be a mom and I'm just going to be here no matter no matter what it is. You know, part of it is not only do I have viable aches, but can my body after all of it's been through handle, you know, the hormones and handle carrying a baby? I don't know. But I'm hopeful. I'm I'm excited for it and if it doesn't happen, I know that that's that that was the plan and I can give back in a lot of other ways. Mhm. Well, you do every day. I swear anytime I'm like, so Jess, I have this friend and she really wants to learn more about baby led weaning or feeding your toddler. You're like, oh, give her my number. Give her my number. (laughs) You never say no to helping people. And I mean, it's all day, every, every day for you. And I have to think that there's some power in that. Well, I mean, that's the nicest thing. And I think, the part, I feel so glad that we're doing this episode because I want everyone to know us on this deeper level. And I think that this, our genesis, this story is is our mission in life. And I know we won't stop until we know we've helped as many people as we possibly can mm-hmm. in whatever way that is. And there's so much power in being able to help other people. And sometimes people say to me like, you know, 
oh, I've been quarantined for 14 days and I, I'm going crazy and my kid is like, whatever. And then they'll stop me like, oh my gosh, like you've been inside for 600 days. I can't believe I said that to you. And the truth is, is that no, that's not true. I'm glad you said it. All of us have, all of us have hardship in our life. And obviously getting diagnosed with cancer with a one and a half year old, okay, no one would choose that. And that is tragedy beyond. Mm-hmm. However, whatever is feeling tragic or hard or difficult in the moment is all relative and it all impacts us in a similar way and how we get through it. I think we can draw on so many different experiences to get through it together. And so for me, helping people is my therapy. Helping people knows that no matter what's going to happen, I know I've left this lasting impression to be able to help someone feel better at the end of the day, that's all I ever want to do. I've always done that. I've always done that in my family, my friends, my community. And now we get to do it on this amazing platform. And that's, it's my dream come true. You are amazing. (laughs) You're amazing. Um, You're amazing. And I, and I can tell you, I would not be in the place I, I am now without meaningful living. That is, that's a given. It's, I think all of us in life are always looking for our purpose in life. And there's so much purpose in our relationships and in parenting but there's something to be said that when you have this passion that's burning inside of you that you want to do something and you can help to be able to do it on a bigger platform has just been, I mean, I couldn't imagine it in my wildest dreams. Well, Meaningful Living would not be here without you because you are a full force behind this and and I'm really grateful. And something that I do want to know because of course we all need to vent and I know on Meaningful Living's Instagram, we have a vent box, but where do you vent? Because I mean, I'll complain about, like you just said, I've been quarantined for a week and I've got my kids and I, you know, I don't have help and whatever. I'm complaining about that. And then I'm going, oh my gosh, Jess, you've been quarantined for 600 days. What am I talking about? Like, when do you do that? And who do you do it to? Yeah. So the weirdest thing about going through cancer is I can't even imagine. And this is going to make me choke up because I can't imagine the perspective it is for Josh or for my family, especially my parents. I mean, being a mom, I can't imagine if anything happened to Bryce. And so your typical people you vent to no longer are the people that you can vent to in these types of situations. They would of course listen, but you know you're causing harm by venting because that is their biggest fear as well. Um. So I would say I've leaned on support system. I have other people that are, you know, a lot of people on Instagram that are young moms that have had cancer going through it. I have a cancer group that I vent to, but something that has been, I'm in a much better space when I'm not venting and when I just allow myself to feel and then I move forward. And so what I do is every night I try to take a shower when I go into those shower, if I'm having really big feelings, I just let them out. I cry in the shower. I give myself that little pep talk. The second I turn off the water is when I put my helmet back on and I say, great, here's what I can control. And this is what I'm going to do. Because also having cancer, you're like, I don't want to have all of these, like this cortisol, all these stress hormones just flooding my body. I need to be here from like, there is no option. I'm going to be here for Bryce. Like I'm going to raise my kid. And so that gives me a lot of strength. And so I would say I vent, but it's always in a controlled way because sometimes if you vent too much or feel sorry, I think for your situation too much, for me, my experience has been that that doesn't help me get into a physically better state for me. So I let my feelings come out and then I figure out a way to move forward. I love that. I think that that can help 
everyone because, you know, we all want to vent, but to what extent? Like, when do we stop? And and then when does it get out of control? And so that's a really good mindset. And to know that maybe too much venting is not a good thing. And yeah, like we all, we need to let it out for sure. And and I think we need to find support people around us. But I love, I, I hope anyone listening, if you're having a hard time, get into a shower and cry. It is seriously, it is an out-of-body experience. It's fantastic because it's like, and obviously having a kid makes it different, right? Like I'm not going to be crying all the time in front of Bryce. So I think right. a lot of the strength from him helps me every day to put that kind of helmet on. But I just like having defined spaces where I know in my group, I can be honest. In my showers, I can be honest. The rest of the time, I'm still honest, but I'm I'm buttoning it up a little bit so that I can move forward and I can feel better. Right. What did you need and do you continue to need from friends and family to feel loved and supported and encouraged? Because I know that even myself, when when a friend gets diagnosed or, you know, something horrible like cancer happens. I think a lot of us don't know how to react, how to respond. And what words do you need to hear? What, um, you know, I'm sure a lot of people sent you things. Is Mm -hmm. that something that helped you or was that harder? And are there things that people said to you positively or negatively that helped you or that stood out to you as something you needed or didn't need to hear during that time? So... uh... Sorry, that was a long way. No, I love love that question because... So here's the thing. I am one of those people that there's not really anything that you could say to me that would ever be wrong, right? I I see the best in in humans always. And like there's nothing you could say. And I think anytime someone's diagnosed with cancer or there's a death, both of those things, there aren't right words. There's just showing up. And I could not have gotten through what I've gotten through without the community that I had. I mean, incredible. It does not even touch what happened. So people reached out. They sent meals. They sent gifts. They sent, I mean, everything. I was bombarded where you can't even get enough thank you notes out and you know to, to thank them. So first thing I want to say is that when you reach out to someone, just know that you might not get something back in response. And that does not mean that they are not thankful or that it didn't really touch them. It's just when when you're in the hospital dealing moment to moment, it's really hard emotionally and physically to stop to say thank you. So the people around you have them reach out to do that. I think when we when someone's having a hard time, we want to fix it. So death and cancer or any sort of illness like that or tragedy, you can't fix, right? So you can't say you're you're going to be better or, you know, look on the bright side. The best thing you can just say is, Jess, like the, the people that said this to me, like, Jess, I love you. I fully believe in you. Anytime you need something, I am here. Any hour, I am here. And just continually check in on the person. What what can I do? And if they say nothing, just like send a meal, send a card, send anything. Because just knowing that you have this community around you, you can draw so much strength and get through anything. Mm-hmm. There's such power in community and around you. Totally. Which I think was hard for so many in the pandemic is we a lot of us lost that community and connection. Totally. And and I... And isolation doesn't even describe what we're experiencing right now. It's isolation on a different level. But at, but where there's isolation, 
I'm so grateful that I have my family that's quarantined with me. So I have a safe place to be outside of my home. So I can go back and forth between my parents' home and my home. And with that, there's also such a blessing. The blessing, which is I would never have spent this degree of time with my parents, with my sister, with Bryce, you know, with Josh, I would see every day, but with Bryce, there's no way. And so it is so isolating and losing that community is so easy. But just knowing there is such a power in a text message that just says, I'm thinking about you and I love you. That's all you need to say. That totally turns around someone's day. Yeah. Even if it's just thinking of a friend randomly, whether they're going through cancer or not, I think Mm -hmm. that 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 means a lot these days. Tyler got this text yesterday from a radio rep and he said his New Year's resolution earlier this year was to reach out to everyone in his contact list from A to Z and tell them something that means something to him about that person. And he got the most thoughtful text from him. And I was like, gosh, what a cool... Like It was so random to hear from him, but Tyler remembered him and he was like, oh my gosh, that that meant so much to hear those words from you and to just hear from you and reach out and Completely. And I think that, that means a lot. I love that. I absolutely love that. I think, you know, we feel like we're so connected to people because we see what their life, you know, whatever they're portraying on Instagram, whatever that life may be. And we see them, we see those pictures and we might give a like, but it's not drawing more community, right? Like sending a DM is drawing community. Sending a text message is drawing community. Like we, we see what people are doing, but we don't have that human connection as much anymore. Mm-hmm. So I love that. I'm, I might take that up. I think that's a really nice thing to do. That's sweet. Yeah. One more thing is I just want to know what advice you'd give to anyone struggling right now. I think to anyone struggling that to know that no matter what happens, no matter what the outcome is, you can get through whatever it looks like. Whatever the ending may be, you can get through it. And to just give yourself permission to feel it but then believe in yourself. Use the community around you. Use the strangers around you that show up that become new community, right? Like nurses, random friends, random people that reach out. Like those those can be really powerful people. And profound suffering is temporary, right? Like there is, there's a lot of emotional suffering that I've been through, but I actually feel so good grateful looking back at it because it's it's changed who I am as a human. It's allowed me to say, I'm going to take the biggest risk of my life and start a company. I'm going to make sure that I do these meaningful moments and that I have meaningful connection and that I do what I love. And so I don't wish tragedy on anyone whatsoever, but I hope that we can all learn a message from it, which is Let's reevaluate what we're doing. Let's see what we enjoy doing. Let's tap more into that enjoyment and let's show up for other people and and really understand. I think there's so much, so a part of me that was like, you know, people are not going to understand how I've been indoors for 600 days, right? Like my doctors are the only ones that are the ones guiding me to say, okay, you can take this risk. And I'm like, you know what? You might not, my friends may never understand it. So many of them do, right? Like, but people may not understand it. But when you've gone through it, just life turns into the way you view it is so different. And so it's like, I'm just not willing to take that risk right now. I want to be here for my kid. I haven't gone through what I've gone through 
to wind up in an ICU somewhere with some preventable illness right now. And so mm-hmm. I guess that was a long-winded response and I don't know if I fully answered it, but I can say the quote I've always said is, um, you've got this. And so every time I would I do anything with, since I was diagnosed, it's, I've got this, you've got this, we've got this. That's what we keep saying. That's what Josh says to me. Uh, so I say to Bryce, Bryce says, go mama, go mama. I think being your own cheerleader to know, to fully believe that in the depths of you, that no matter what's coming your way, we can get through it and we can do really hard things that we would never imagine that we can get through. Yes. I'm so proud of you. And I'm so proud of what you have fought through. And I'm proud of Josh and your whole family for for really sticking together and and just riding this out because you guys fought so hard this last year, year and a half actually. And and I just want to thank you for sharing and being vulnerable and in all of this. And I just hope that this helps someone that might be going through the same thing or or that just needs it. So thank you for inspiring me and inspiring so, so many of us. I love you. I love you more. And thank you. To anyone listening, you just need to know that Haley is one of the best humans on the planet. Her and Tyler are truly guardian angels. And just thank you for giving me an imagination I can believe in and a bigger purpose and helping me get through this and doing this with me. Oh, well, thank you. That means so much. And ditto. You're amazing. I love you. I love you too. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you found something meaningful from this episode. Please follow the show, rate, and don't hesitate to write a little review. We also have a voicemail box you can call to ask us any questions, tell us the topics you'd like covered, or just share where you're struggling and how you could use some extra support. Call 833-444-FULL or 833-444-3855. We want to hear from you. And tune in every Monday for a new episode of Meaningful Living. And if you're looking for more ways to live a meaningful life, follow us on Instagram at Meaningful Living and visit our website, MeaningfulLiving.com. And don't forget with two L's. Can't wait to see you next week.